Welcome to the Resilient Life Hacks podcast. Join host Liz Myers and her guests as they explore resiliency through the lens of personal stories. Tune in weekly for inspiration and doable life hacks to overcome adversity and thrive in life. The opinions, beliefs, and viewpoints expressed by guests of this show are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of Elizabeth or Resilient Life Hacks Ministries. Welcome to the Resilient Life Hacks podcast, where we talk about how to win at life by building a stronger spirit, soul, and body. I'm your host, Elizabeth Myers, and I'm so glad that you have joined in and tuned in with us today. I'm really excited about our guest today, Carrie Ryberg. She is a Christian counselor. She's actually my Christian counselor from a few years ago, and I've invited her here to come and to share some of her topics about counseling people with depression and with anxiety, and particularly one of the techniques that she used to help me that's called EMDR. We're going to get into that a little bit. I'm really excited for you guys to hear what she has to share. Welcome to our show today. Hi, Elizabeth. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. So my name is Carrie Ryberg. I'm a military family life counselor as well as I have my own practice. I've been doing counseling for 13 years. I've worked in community mental health. I've done Christian counseling. I've worked with military. I've worked with pretty much all ages. So a little bit of everything. My specialty though has probably always been trauma. And I probably have more of a place in my heart for trauma more than anything. Is there something specific that led to that? Or that's just as you've studied and, and worked with people, that's where you feel led? Probably a little bit of experiences in the past have brought me there a little bit, nothing in particular, but it just, God led me. I didn't start out as a counselor when I graduated from high school. Actually, my dad wanted me to go to business and that's all he would pay for was business school. And God and I had a different plan. Yeah. So I did do like business. I went into banking and after many five and a half years of banking, what we found was that I spent most of my time kind of counseling people like my staff as people would come in, I finally would be gravitate towards me and I'd get them into counseling and things. And so it just was just my personality. Mm -hmm. So eventually over time, Unfortunately, my dad passed when I was 28 years old and before he passed, we had a talk and he's like, you always want to do that counseling thing. Uh, I think this is time for you to go do it. Um, Sure enough, after he passed, I went ahead and went on and become a counselor. And it just has been, you can just see God's hand in every Mm -hmm. part of that. Definitely. Yeah. It sounds like that's just what you were meant to be. Even if you were employed as a banker, (laughs) you were meant to be a counselor. I I was, yeah. Yes. And (laughs) I can vouch for the fact that you're very good at what you do. And I appreciate your help in my life. Certainly. I know you help many others. So our show is about resiliency and about people needing to overcome difficult situations. And I beat the drum a lot of reaching out to get help. So could you maybe just talk generally from like a a Christian counselor perspective, how can you help people who are having a hard time? And why is it important specifically to go to like a trained counselor professional versus just a solid Christian who knows the word of God and wants to help and give advice? There's definitely a place for that. But I try to help people understand that there's a value in a trained professional counselor. So can you maybe speak to that a little bit? Sure. Yeah. So I think that it's really great that there are pastors and people in the church that do counseling and support. And I think that can be helpful 
to an extent with somebody's going through some transitional things and just maybe need a little bit of prayer and support. However, if it's going into something that might be a little bit more significant, if this is impacting them a little more significantly, where it might go into a little bit of depression or anxiety or or some other things, then it's usually good to get into somebody who's actually licensed and trained just simply because we have more education on how to handle these situations and hopefully more experience to handle it. Christian versus non-Christian. I would definitely say as a Christian, it's nice to get somebody who's Christian counselor. There are Christian counselors that not necessarily say they're Christian counselor, mm-hmm. but So you can find some, but usually looking out there, there's a lot of bios and you can get an idea. A lot of my clients usually looked at my bio and saw that I had scripture and I talk a little bit about being a Christian counselor and that's what draws them to. They just feel as Christians are drawn to, but it's important in counseling, whatever you're looking for, that you find the right person because it's more about that relationship Mm -hmm. with the counselor more than anything. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Cause I, before I was at the, we're military, right? So we move around a lot. So before I was even able to get in touch with you, we were in a different state and I, I did a lot of research and I found a counselor that I really thought would be a good fit for me and what, and he was trained actually as a pastor. Cause I was really wrestling with some theological questions. So I thought this mm-hmm. will be great, but we just, we did not connect. It just didn't, it didn't, it was not a positive experience. That was actually my first attempt to reach out. And so I was discouraged and it took me a while to gather the courage to go do it again. So that's another thing that I like to emphasize to people is keep reaching out for help. Cause it does sometimes yes. take a while to find that right person that you connect with in the way that can be helpful. And it's hard to tell sometimes without sitting down face to face with the person. It's almost like trying out churches. You might mm-hmm. have to go to a couple until you yeah. find the right place for you, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I just while you were talking, I had the thought of if we have a physical ailment of some type, I might go to my pastor or my small group leader or somebody and ask for prayer. But I also go to the doctor who, like you said, has more education in those physical things and can help me with other issues that I'm having. I, I think sometimes we try to put psychological or mental things into a different category, but really it needs the same amount of professional attention when we're dealing with these deeper or long-term types of trauma and things like that. Yeah, you're completely right. And what we find in our field is that there we've overcome a lot of, of the taboo, but there's still a lot of taboo, yeah. especially in Christian counseling. Mm-hmm. There's still a little bit on the Christian world of feeling we're not giving it to God, if we're going to a counselor, things like that. But really it's a chance for us to be able to help. And the quicker they come to us about this, really we're able to help get them through whatever it is that they're going through. Mm -hmm. And they usually have, it's not really a good word, but I say they get unstuck. Mm -hmm. No, that's the word I used to, maybe I got it from you. I don't know. I (laughs) I thought I came up, but yeah, that's exactly what I experienced because I did, because of that stigma that you're describing, particularly in Christian circles, I delayed getting help for a long time, partly because of pride, partly because I thought Christians supposed to be joyful and peaceful and I'm depressed and anxious and something's wrong with me spiritually. Somehow I'm a a reject of God because I can't get this together no matter how hard I pray. So that took me a long time to get over that hurdle. And uh, 
what I realized in our time together was I was stuck in that place of grief after losing my son and not really being able to work through the grief in a healthy way at the time. Our culture doesn't really know how to grieve a child that was lost before he was born. And so I didn't really know how to handle that. But in our time together, you helped me get unstuck is what I I was stuck in grief and you've helped me move on. And I've shared with several people when I came to you, I I could not talk about my son, Timothy, without bursting into tears. And this was years later after the fact. And now because of that freedom I found through your help, I'm able to do what I do today with ministry to, to speak about my story and to share Timothy's story with others and share how I got help and how they can too. I've told people about the EMDR technique that you used with me to be helpful. And I have trouble explaining it. So that was one of the reasons I've asked you on the show is to help me with that. Cause I, it sounds hokey when I, when I say it, but there's a lot of solid science for many years behind it. So can you just tell us, yeah. first of all, I keep forgetting what it stands for. And then just tell us what that is. Sure. Okay. So let me give you the brief about it. EMDR stands for eye movement, desensitization and reprocessing. So that's a huge mouthful. mouthful. (laughs) (laughs) So basically a lady named Francine Shapiro back in the eighties had discovered when she was thinking about really negative things and she was walking, if she moved her eyes back and forth, she felt more comfortable. Okay. And so that led into this whole realm of EMDR. And so what EMDR is, it's basically there's protocols. So you probably remember when we did it, I did the protocol and there was, it wasn't like normal talk therapy, like, like we would normally do. This was something that was more repetitive. And what it does is it really gets into the mid part of the brain. So that's the part where the unconscious and the subconscious is. And so as we calm and we become relaxed, we can get into those areas that are really painful. And there's during this protocol, which is usually like the hand movements back and forth and getting the eyes to move back and forth, or sometimes I do tapping mm-hmm. or I'll do back and forth. And through that, it somehow gets into that midbrain of the brain. And it really brings up some of the, the traumatic experiences that we've experienced. And it does it in a way that's more calmer to be able to get it to a point where it's less traumatic for us or less emotional for us. So it doesn't take the memory away. Mm-hmm. It just basically gets that memory to a point where we can go on with our lives Mm-hmm. and not have all of that emotion that comes with it anymore. For me, I'd say it transitioned from like this gaping wound that was still bleeding to now it's a scar. It's there, yeah. but it doesn't hurt when it gets poked as much. Yeah. What it was interesting, <laughs> if we talk about your situation, if you yeah. don't mind me sharing, yeah, what was interesting ahead. about it was, is that once you were able to get through, that was a hard part. And there was Like we had to go through a few steps there, but that kind of opened up from there to after, after the actual miscarriage. And so we worked on a few different steps there to help you. And what I noticed is is when you first came to me, it was a lot of sadness. You had a lot of more of the depression during that month of when you lost them, Mm -hmm. which a lot of women do, right? Like that, like you say, we don't live in a society where we don't talk about miscarriages we're supposed to keep that to ourselves but it's really a painful thing to go through but after that like once we did the mdr when you came that time when may came up again it was not as emotional for you you weren't like in that dark place that i wasn't reliving it right really what it was yeah yeah Yeah. 
And that was amazing. That was an amazing thing. Yeah. It was amazing. Even my husband noticed it too. He's like, okay, you're not, it's May 28th and you're not waking out on me. <laughs> Mary helped me. My friend, I called you my friend. I'm like, I'm going to see my friend. Cause I mean, you are that too, but. When building a resilient life, the first step Liz coaches people to take is to spend time daily with God. When you seek God consistently, he will show you the best next step for your journey. If you'd like a peek at how Elizabeth connects with God regularly, Download her free prayer guide and journal at elizabethmyers.me forward slash prayer guide. You can now have the same journal Elizabeth uses every day and make it your own. So I've heard or read or maybe you told me, I can't remember, that traumatic memories get stored differently in our brain than regular memories. And even that there's sometimes stored in a physical way. Can you explain that a little more? Sure. And I want to start with trauma and explain a little bit about trauma and then go into that. So we have to say sometimes big traumas like big T or little traumas and small T because sometimes people will say they don't always think of it as a traumatic. Mm -hmm. So they don't like necessarily use that word. And that's probably like a small, like a little T kind of trauma. T's might be like, it can be abuse. It can be like wartime. It could be like something you've experienced. Small things could be moving a lot. Sometimes that can be traumatic. If you lost somebody and they passed away, like a, a family member, sometimes that can be traumatic. So just to clarify, trauma is something that's something that you perceived a loss or you witnessed a loss of somebody that you care about or some kind of harm. And that's usually what it is. And it's really how it's impacted you. Okay. And usually there's depression, anxiety, sometimes there's nightmares, things like that. And that's the point where you asked earlier, where do you see a counselor? Those are the times where you want to come see a counselor. So now going from the trauma to talking about EMDR, EMDR has been great because as a counselor, sometimes like the other techniques that I use are good talk therapy, but this actually really focuses on the event and the trauma that's really bothering you. We kind of dive in after doing some safety things and some security things, we finally dive into what is the experience that keeps reliving over and over again and try to make that work. And so what the brain does is like that trauma has basically unfolded and think of it as a, a film. It's set in glass and all the smells, tastes, the time of the year, the day of the week, everything is set in place in that with that event and our brain wants to fix itself and will go over things over and over again. But what it does is eventually the, it's too painful. So it starts to avoid instead. So we see a lot of avoidance, right? With things. So if there's a place where it's happened, maybe that place makes you nervous. Or if there's somebody who was hurt by somebody, anybody that would be reminded of that person is going to be traumatic. For example, if you have a fear of snakes, anytime you see a snake, it could be even on television, it can create some mm -hmm. triggers, right? And so what happens is that creates a lot of emotion and that emotion makes it hard because our brain just shuts down and we're not able to work through it. And I got to say, EMDR has been the best way to do that is really get in there because you're really not just talking about the events, you're just letting your brain bring it up in a way that's more comfortable for yourself and it allows it to process it in its own way. Yeah. 
the brain is so mysterious. I love, yeah. you know, studying like neurological things and it, yeah. uh, God has just made us so amazing, but it's always strikes me that I'm like, it's the brain trying to figure itself out when I'm studying things about the brain. <laughs> it's like my own brain is trying to, that just messes with yeah. my mind a little bit. It's fun and it's cool. And so that's, yeah. It's amazing. God wants us to heal. Like it's amazing mm -hmm. how our bodies and we're learning so much more about how our bodies heal. So amazing. Yeah. So this is, these are just some techniques that we're talking about that can assist that healing process that wants to happen. But sometimes, like we said, get stuck because of various right. things that have happened. So what kind of uh, person or situation does EMDR work for? Is that like for PTSD, for depression, anxiety, are there certain things that it works for? better than others. Yeah, it's, it is, they do focus more on trauma. So it's most trauma. Um, so PTSD is definitely is a big one. We will see this with panic disorder. So when somebody's coming and having panic attacks, nightmares, depression, anxiety, those are usually the major ones that we'll use EMDR for. And when people have complicated PTSD, we'll use that too with some of the disassociation things like that, that people may have because of the trauma. But it's interesting because as you said, it does impact us mentally. And that's what we always think about, but it also is stored in our body. And that's what you were landing, you were talking about earlier. Yeah. And so if we don't get that trauma resolved, what happens is it can develop into some health issues. It can impact our immune system. The more we're learning and the more we're understanding is, is how these things that happen in our lives even if it feels like we're over it, it may be still impacting us on some level. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a fascinating to me too, how the brain will try to protect itself. There's various degrees mm -hmm. of dissociation from something, or you probably, right. people have heard or read a story of where a person felt like they were outside themselves, or I've read of like POWs who heard somebody else screaming and then realized it was them. And these different things, whereas it could be totally splintered apart to like where you forget the memory and you don't even know it's there right. or super extreme I guess would be like a multiple personality situation where it's extended right. and horrible over a long period of time with a child, with someone that they should have been able to trust. And the mind protects itself by fragmenting. I, that's my understanding. Am I? You're correct. <laughs> yes, I, I've worked with, okay. I have worked with multi-personality story. They okay. actually have named it disassociative identity disorder now, but oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's part of the spectrum of disassociation, which kind of goes along with trauma. Yeah. So the brain trying to protect us and each person's reaction to trauma is completely different. Mm -hmm. So for some people, it could be a physical reaction. So they may have things like migraines. They may have things like stomach aches, things like that. For some people, it may be more depression, anxiety, Others, it may be more relational or they're more like just guarded around people, don't get really close to people, things like that. So trauma impacts us in a lot of different ways. Yeah, that's a sneaky thing. So if there's somebody listening out there today who feels like maybe they would like to reach out to a Christian counselor or, or they've experienced some of these things that we've discussed or would think that would be helpful, what would you recommend that person to do? What's the best course of action for them to get the help that they need? Sure. I would say if they're kind of reaching out wanting to get help, psychologytoday.com is a great resource for counselors and they have actual bios. So it, you can read a little bit about the counselor and what they specialize in. It also talks about what insurance is or how much they may charge, which is really helpful. 
if they're looking for EMDR specifically, so if they have something where maybe talk therapy just hasn't helped, EMDR is a great way to go. And Emdiria, E-M-D-R-I-A, Emdiria, has their own website. And you can find all of the counselors that might be in your area through that site. That, that's great. That's very helpful. And like I said, I've tried to explain these <laughs> to people yeah. and, and haven't been able to, to pull that off significantly, but you did a great job with that. So thank you for doing that. Yeah. So I, I really appreciate you talking with me today, spending time. I think this is a really important topic. Just as final parting words, do you have something that you would like to say to encourage people out there who, who are struggling with big T's or little T's? Or, there's been so many things this year, just wave after wave of stuff. Everybody's dealing with something. What would you like to say to those people out there today who are in some form or another struggling with, with some sort of mental or emotional stress? I guess I would like to say that this has been a really tough year. As you just mentioned, the COVID, the sheltering in, George Floyd, just with all of the things that's going on in our world, it's really sad. And it's been really difficult for a lot of people. And I think for a lot of us, having been a military wife, I feel like I have to take it on myself and I have to just kind of deal with it. And I feel weak or I feel crazy if I reach out. But there are times where we just do and we all need to reach out. And there are times where, I've reached out for counseling as well and just got that support because I know that if I get that in that moment, rather than it waiting until it gets worse, it's no different than if I were to break my arm, I wouldn't want to wait until like I had to go into where it's got infection and everything else, mm -hmm. because then it's going to be a lot worse than if I just go see the doctor right away and get it taken care of. Mm -hmm. And emotional things are the same way. And so I would really highly recommend reaching out there's so many ways these days because we have Zoom, we have so many ways to reach people. So I would highly recommend reaching out to somebody if you are experiencing some trauma because you don't need to go through your life feeling that way, yeah. you know? Yeah, and, and that's great. I love how you, you know, related that to physical injuries. I That's an imagery in my mind that I had used for myself sometimes. If I had broken a bone and I didn't get proper care, or proper healing, and the bone grows crooked, resets incorrectly. That was where I was at when I came to you still. And that, that was after I'd already gone through some stages of getting help. I think it's, it's often an iterative process of we deal with one layer and then we need to deal right. with another layer. Yeah. But yeah, thank you for your encouragement for that. And in this time too, I'm assuming people can see a counselor just like we're doing now. They can do over Zoom or some way virtually. Mm -hmm. I know I've done telehealth with uh, medical doctors that's available too. All right. Well, thank you very much. I know that's super helpful to a lot of people who are listening today. To our listeners, thank you so much for listening to Resilient Life Hacks today. If you haven't had a chance already, please pop over to iTunes and give us an honest review. We're really wanting to spread a message of hope and of healing to people who are struggling and having a hard time. And your interaction with us helps us do that. Please feel free to contact me and give me feedback at hi at elizabethmyers.me. I would love to hear what questions you have or suggestions for who you would like to see on the show. Thanks and have a great week. I will see you next week. You have been listening to Resilient Life Hacks with Liz Myers. The opinions, beliefs, and viewpoints expressed by the guests of this show are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of Elizabeth or Resilient Life Hacks Ministries. 
To learn more and download your free guide to Liz's top 20 resilient life hacks, go to resilientlifehacks.com. Subscribe now so you never miss the life hacks you need to live the life you want. Thank you.